Welcome to the WRSU Crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe, coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the crew. Troy DeSavino, Chris Saconis, Mike Nichols, Dylan Allen. We've got a jam-packed show to get to tonight. It's been one Troy. crazy week. There is, there is Wednesday night football taking place. We've got Penn State week for Rutgers football. We've got an $85 million extension for LeBron James. We've got NBA announcing their schedules for Christmas. Like, guys, we have a lot to get to tonight. What do you guys want to kick it off with, first of all? I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll kind of leave that up to you. I, I mean, Troy, I think we have to kick it off with Penn State. And I can't believe you introduced me as Dylan Allen. Come on. You know, this is the Wednesday. Oh, oh, oh wow. Dylan McCoy. My bad. Troy, we have Troy, two, the man has been on the show Dylan's. literally Dylan since the end of September. And you can't even be bothered to get his name right. <laughs> Dylan McCoy. I, I got the first name. I apologize. Dylan McCoy. No, no, I have not met. We have so many Dylans okay, in this wait. department. You could like. Hold on. Hold on. Let me explain myself. Let me explain myself. I have met All Dylan right. McCoy in person once. That is true. I have, that is true. Yeah, I have never right. met Dylan Allen. There's two Dylans. I'm not used to Dylans. I, I I barely have been exposed to anyone except for over like you know over voice. And when have I when is when have I ever been like, hey, Dylan McCoy, how you doing today? No, it's it's just Dylan, right? I mean, I had to say the last name though because I said Chris is Mike Nichols, my own last name. Uh, I I apologize. I, I let it slip. I said Dylan Allen. It's Dylan McCoy. We all know this. You know, I, I everyone has mistakes. I apologize. Are we going to be able oh, to move sure, past sure. that? Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to move past that. We have to talk about <laughs> maybe the most important game on the schedule on Saturday. Rutgers-Penn State kicking off at 1 p.m. Uh, on Fox Sports 1. Should be a very exciting matchup, obviously. It's, it's the biggest game of the season. I, I don't think I'm making a bold statement. You know, Penn State is our biggest rival, and this year is one of their worst teams ever. James Franklin looks like he might be out of a job in a few weeks. It's an exciting time to be a Rutgers fan. The team is looking better, and this is a this is a winnable, grabbable game. How do, how do you guys feel that this game is, is going to go for Rutgers? Because I, I, I have good thoughts in my head, but I don't know if I'm just setting myself up for failure. Chris, Mike, thoughts? Well, I, I think that, you know, it's interesting you bring this up because Penn State is a team that has really struggled uh, to get any positive momentum going this season. Only one win against Michigan and, you know, not really that much of a win the way Michigan has been playing. Um, their quarterback, Sean Clifford, not really looking very impressive, throwing 57% completion percentage. Um, but this Rutgers offense seems to be really clicking at the right time. They're averaging nearly 30 points a game. Um, the defense has gotten the stops when they need to. They've done very well in the trenches, a lot better than I've expected. I think Rutgers matches up really well. And, you know, I think that Rutgers is in a position to keep this game competitive early. Uh, I think on both sides of the ball, there's going to be a sense of aggressiveness. And keep in mind, Rutgers played Penn State fairly closely when they were playing under Chris Ash and Nunzio Campanelli. So now with, you know, a whole new coaching staff in and a whole new energy in the building, um, I think Rutgers is in a good position to come away with the win here. Yeah, to open up the week, I mean, 
what's the spread right now? I think the last time I saw it was minus 11 and a half in the favor of Penn State. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to have to take a look on that. Today, yeah, I think it's, I think it's like minus, minus 11. 11 before. That's disrespectful. Yeah, I, I, They're I mean, definitely listen. covering that. I, I agree. What was well, the great teams last cover, year, Mike? Like that's. I mean, last year every every I, game was like a four touchdown spread, except for Liberty and exactly. uh, UMass. But a twelve last point spread week was is just ten and a half. Oh, I think. Was it that low? Okay. Last okay. week was ten and a half. Yes. I I, I think um, this is. So, go sorry, Mike. Go ahead. No, I was just saying someone at the station may know someone that took that. <laughs> I think this is a really good opportunity. I mean, this is the best we're, we're going to see for, you know, obviously until moving forward. But, I mean, 11, minus 11 and a half following a season where Rutgers was pretty much, I mean, minus four touchdowns against every team in the Big Ten. Um, and that's like a – that was like a soft spread. You know, you look at – when you play Ohio State, what was it, like 35 or something, 40, 50? Uh, so, I mean, minus 11 and a half, it's, it's improvement in one season. And Rutgers has a legitimate chance of winning this game against Penn State, a team whose only win so far has come against a team that Rutgers took in a triple overtime and had a chance to win that game a couple of times. Uh, so I think this is a chance for Rutgers fans to unite, to be happy, and to finally beat um, Penn State, you know, the most hated school on campus. So I, this is a – it's coming at a really good time. You know, Rutgers – looking to kind of get that third win in the Big Ten, and I don't, I couldn't think of a team that they want to beat more than Penn State. Yeah, honestly, definitely the agree season with you would there. be made. The season would be made if Rutgers beat Penn State and lost every other game. I, I would consider that. That's how big a rivals they are. I, I would have considered that a successful season if you told me that in August. Absolutely. I I want to. I think that my expectations have shifted, though. Like, if you'd ask me in August, um, you know, what uh, what would you consider a success for Rutgers? I mean, if you ask me in October what I would consider a success for Rutgers, I would have said just win one game because they were, you know, playing a Big Ten only schedule. But um, you know, now that I've seen this team play, like, think about it. we're a handful of plays, um, you know, going different, better clock management. You know, like you can mention in the Illinois game, for instance, Troy, you and I witnessed that firsthand couple things bounce the other way Rutgers could be four and two right now like it, it really is a case of you know Rutgers has leapt ahead of the schedule that everyone had them on in terms of being competitive in the Big Ten so you know my, my expectations have shifted and I really expect more out of this Rutgers team than two wins now guys I don't know if we've heard so far Obviously, last week, uh, it was a little bit of a different look at the quarterback position for Rutgers. Have you heard any updates about what we should expect to see, um, who we should expect to see under center uh, come this this upcoming game against Penn State? Um, I think it depends on uh, Vedral's uh, health. Um, I haven't seen anything lately um, in terms of whether or not he's going to be 100%. Um, so uh, I'm I trying mean, to see Art if I can find anything on that now. Um, Art looked good though. Art looked good. Yeah, I think Vedral is still Art looked the good starter. too. He did. Yeah. I, I mean, we talked about a lot about Johnny Langan because he had some big plays, and you know he was the bulldozer out there. But you take away that, I mean, Johnny, uh, sorry, Art Sikowski had a good game. He put Rutgers in a position to win that game. 
Um, obviously, it's it's a little different this year on the road. It's you know Purdue's not having a phenomenal year. They were only they were two and two going into the game, but Art Sikowski finished the game 19 for 28, 152 yards, two touchdowns, and most importantly to me, no interceptions. You know that's that's his Achilles right there, right? I mean he, he that's the guy who had seemingly more passes to defensive backs in his rookie in his freshman year than he did to the end zone to receivers in the end zone so for him to go out there wasn't the start of the week before stepping in for the injured Vedral throw two touchdowns and no interceptions that's a good week for him and you know I think Rutgers is in a, in a position that I don't think it matters if it's Vedral or Stakowski as much as you think it would moving forward and going to this Penn State week um, I think both of those guys are going to be good enough to put Rutgers in a position to win this game Yeah, I think that well, there's a reason why when you, if you go back to before the Michigan State game, uh, the depth chart said Vedral or Sikowski. Um, I don't think the gap between the two is as big as you know we thought, and um, you know this performance proves that because Vedral played really well against Michigan despite the team narrowly losing, and Sikowski played really well against Purdue. So I feel like Rutgers is in a good position where you know no matter who is ultimately under center, be it Vedral, Sikowski, or Langan, um, that they can feel comfortable that their guy is going to be capable of getting the job done. And that's something that Rutgers hasn't really had in a long time. In this one game, Art threw for half of the touchdowns he threw for in his freshman year. So respect to Art for that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I that really says more... The way he played. You know, I... I really like Art. He's kind of a hometown guy for me. He played high school football 10 minutes from where I live, you know. I really rooted for him. I wanted him to be great his freshman year. Obviously, it didn't pan out, but it's good to see that he has really... Uh, I would say that this game has shown a step up, maybe a step up in the level of maturity he has, a step up in just the balls he throws in general. Um, I was excited to see Art play like this. Obviously, he wasn't the driving force behind the win. You'd probably say that was Johnny Langan, but it was exciting to see Art not throw an interception and have a pretty consistently good game uh, leading the offense downfield until they had to take him out, of course. You know, I think something that I've been taking away from this season so far, um, watching this team last season and the year before that, it was like Rutgers cannot find a receiver to catch a touchdown or make a big play happen. And now I feel like there's four guys on this team who are capable of doing that in the receiving core. Um, when you can do that, that opens up so much more for the offense. And that's why Johnny Langan can go out there and do what he did. And he can rush for 84 yards under center. Um, and then you have guys, you know, like Shameen Jones. He can get two touchdowns or Karen Adams get one touchdown. And then two weeks before that, Bo Melton can have two touchdowns. It's the, there's just so much versatility in that wide receiver position. I'm just not used to seeing that for Rutgers in a, in a little while. So it's it's really refreshing kind of to see this Rutgers offense come alive at the skill position. Um, and I think Art Sikowski and Noah Vedral are good enough quarterbacks to put the ball into the hands of the playmakers and to have Johnny Lankin under center to make some big plays happen with his legs. And I think Rutgers is in a very good position moving forward. Yeah, I... Um... I really think Rutgers is in a good position. Uh, it's really tough to say who is a better option between Noah Vedral or Arsikowski. 
I think is Noah Vedral. Um, he's a safer option, in my opinion. Uh, Art's a long-term, I guess, play. But this is going to be a really good matchup. And um, listen, I expect Rockers to put up a good fight, and they could possibly win this game if, if you know, they, they continue to play well on offense the way they did. You know, and Sean Gleason, you know, the offensive coordinator, played, uh, called a great game for Art. And that's part of the reason why, a uh, large part of the reason why they were so successful. I mean, and, I'm and excited. I think it's really a testament. I'm sorry, go ahead, Troy. No, go ahead, Chris, please. Yeah, I was going to say it's really a testament to the job that Sean Gleason has done, um, just revamping this offense seemingly overnight. Um, this is an offense that scored an average of five and a half points per game in Big Ten play last year. I mean, it was not uncommon to see them get shut out. So, you know, to go no, from that, wasn't. and in particular, I want to say, and I've said this repeatedly all year, the wide receiver group looks night and day on a whole nother level. I mean, Bo Melton is like sixth in the Big Ten for receiving yards. And, you know, yeah. he beat his production from 2019 in a 12-game season in like five games. So, you know, he's starting to get himself some recognition in the Big Ten. You know, Shameen Jones has been almost as good. You know, like the passing game has been revamped, not just because quarterbacks have improved, but just as importantly because the wide receivers have improved. And I think that that's such a key, you know, aspect of all of this. And to that point, Chris, I mean, you look at Bo Melton, he's what, sixth in the league? Yeah, sixth in the Big Ten with receiving yards. And, you know, a lot of people might be like, all right, well, it's been a weird season, right? I mean, not, it, there's been a lot of cancellations and games. Maybe that has to do with why Bo Melton's at the top. I mean, it's not really the case. He's, he has nearly 500 yards through six games. I mean, he's averaging a little under, what, 90 yards per game. Um, he's been a deep threat. We've seen, him, we've seen him go deep for multiple plays. And keep in mind, he's done, he's had two, I think, 40-yard touchdown catches in two different games. Um, so he's had those multi-touchdown games with, with the deep threat. Um, and Bo Melton has, has really stepped up into that that lead wide receiver position. What that does is it opens it up for other guys. I mean, it opens it up, and that's why we were able to see, you know, Shameen Jones and Kevin Adams get a couple touchdowns last week and make some big plays happen. And it's it's I think Bo Melton has been good over the last couple of seasons. It's just been really tough for him to make it all happen on his own, to make it happen. Um, I mean, last year you really can't even count. We didn't. You know, Johnny Langham was out there for a lot of it. There wasn't a lot of passing going on down the field. So I, it's been an awkward season for the Big Ten. But despite all that, Rutgers, you know, the Rutgers uh, position players and, and skill players like Bo Melton have had really good seasons and they've really made a name for themselves in the Big Ten. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think. Sorry, I just want to say, Chris, that. Uh... Coach Taekwon Underwood has done an amazing job with this receiver. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, we're, we're raving about it. And they didn't get any, you know, additions besides Eric Krushank. And the guys we're talking about mainly right now have been Bo Melton and Shameem Jones. You know, those aren't additions. Those are guys that we had. Those are guys that uh, Coach Taekwon Underwood has had, you know, been able to work with now and has kind of transformed them. So, He's done a great job as well. 
And, and you know who else has done a great job on the defensive side of the ball it, since, you know, we're talking about former Shiano players coming back in coaching roles. Jamal Westerman had to step in last minute on the defensive line uh, because Jim Ponagos had to sit out the season due to health issues. So, you know, it's kind of a nice storyline to see two former stars under Greg Shiano at Rutgers the first go around, really making an impact on the coaching staff the second go around. And I think that what's really exciting about seeing all this, um, two two takeaways I've gotten. One, the the players that were recruited under Chris Ash were more talented than they seemed to be because they were not developed under the old coaching staff. Like guys like Bo Melton and Shameen Jones were not nearly the impact players that they were, uh, that they are now under Greg Shiano. So that's number one. Number two, and I think more excitingly is there's even better talent coming in the pipeline in the class of 21. And, you know, slowly we're going to start to see more and more of, of the commits for the class of 22 in the recruiting, uh, recruiting aspect of this so when greg shano does get even more higher ranked talent into the program and through an extra year of eligibility for the current guys on top of that and there's a recipe for rutgers to come out guns blazing in 2021 uh with a full 12 game schedule um i I think we'll have fans back at shi stadium by then you know that's really going to be like a very exciting year if you're a rutgers fan going forward well, I want to ask that's... you guys something. Dude. Nope, go ahead, Dylan. Uh, okay, I, I want to ask you guys something. You know, it's something that was actually brought up to me. Uh, I was covering the uh, Rutgers-Hofstra basketball game, and I heard people from the uh, the AP talking, and one of the topics they were talking about is, is Rutgers going to sell out their first home game with fans? And I wanted to get your guys' opinion on it, because I believe that Shy Stadium will have 53,000 people in it, the first home game that fans are allowed to come back, especially if it's a Big Ten game. I, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts about that. I thought it was an interesting topic. If it's, it's not sold out, it'll be pretty close, I would have to yeah. think. Yeah. Especially with it's, all the pent-up demand saying. from not having fans this year. Also, week one just really helps, too. I mean, if you look in the past seasons, like Rutgers, a lot of the games that they had higher turnout rates um, came at week one. I guess maybe because it has to do with they're playing an opponent they have a chance of beating. It's out of conference. Um, <laughs> you know, they're, they're O&O. They don't have a loss yet, so that really helps. So for that reason, I think week one is the be- is a really good chance to do so. Um, so I don't think it's far-fetched. I think that's something that could happen, and I'd love to see it. Something we haven't seen in a little while, right? I mean, it'd be really awesome to see. What is it, 60,000? 50,000? Anyone know? I think it's about 53, I believe. 53. A little over 53. Yeah. It would be cool to see 53,000 people. Although, let's see if that's even... It just seems so far-fetched to happen right now, not because of Rutgers, just because I can't imagine, like, that many people in one space, just because of my... Next September, I can imagine it. Not now, no. Yes. Uh, Well, I mean, if Corona's still a thing, we can just roll out, pull out the scarlet hazmat suits and just roll into the student section. Like, it'll be fine. True. I'll, I'm risk not saying, I mean, like a, I'll risk it for Greg. I'm not saying it's a <laughs> risk or anything. I'm just saying it just seems so strange to think about just because it's like, have you been in a room with more than like four people in the past like eight months? Because it, that happens and happens too often. I'm not even saying like it seems far-fetched for that to happen just because of COVID. It just seems yeah. really hard to imagine being surrounded by 53,000 people. I, I get that, but you know. 
Um, it will happen. It's desperate happen. times call for desperate measures. And by next September, like I, I fully expect there to be fans. Like I'm not, I'm not worried about that in my head. Yes. Well, student section is going to be on another level too. Yeah. Hopefully Rutgers will have students back in the fall. <laughs> I think hopefully. they will. I think hopefully. they will. We'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But what another, was the original? That, that's, uh, that's another thing that's hard to think about. Being back. What, just yeah. having students back? <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Just having students back on campus and all that. It's just like a weird thought. <laughs> what? I miss what was the original? What What was the original in back in March? We'll see you guys in like two weeks, three weeks. April 4th. April 4th. <laughs> that was such a sham. Like, why would they even bother that? They knew it wasn't going to be April 4th. We would have got mostly like, a full baseball season if it was April 4th. It's, it's been nine Literally. Months. It's been nine Ridiculous. months. Yeah, to that three weeks turned into nine months, so it's been a little rough. So this having, this disruption I'm, did not have to last this long. Like, I'm, people just I'm need right to... There. Ridiculous. I'm, I'm you, Mike. I, I'm having a hard time imagining people back on campus in general, um, let alone 53,000 people in a stadium on campus. Um, are you guys... You guys are all back next year, right? The students? Yes. Yeah. Dylan, you're back. Mike, you're back. Yep, I'll be gone. So you guys will have the uh, the opportunity to be be there as a student, get into the student section. I'm hoping, you know, for your senior year, your, you know, your whatever year you're going into, Chris. I know you're a senior and everything. I, I'm hoping you guys will have a uh, a good opportunity to kind of get that senior experience, go to the student section a little bit, um, and I think that'll be a really awesome thing to see and talk about like a perfect timing. If that is your senior year and this is the that is the year where like Rutgers football makes its triumphant return based off of what we're seeing this year and what we're capable of, that's perfect timing. Seriously. That'll be a great experience. And we're also gonna be in the final four that year too. So, you know, it'll be a fun it'll be a fun year. You saying back to back? It could be both. Back to back. Back to back? Yeah, back to back. Back to back national champions too, right? Not just final four. Yes. Yeah. Wow. We're not we're not homers at all. No, that not at all. Extension is going to be massive. That man might get a statue. <laughs> Do you imagine that, that yeah, man I mean, should well, get a statue? Him next to Greg Schiano. We got to get both of those in. We got to get both of those in. But I mean, on the other side, it's kind of a similar thing we're seeing happening with Rutgers football. You know, good play means good recruiting. Um, Good play for Rutgers basketball over the past few years has led to good recruiting with Cliff Amarui. Uh, so that is the other thing. Rutgers is 3-0 in basketball. Um, yeah. So And Amorui looked could really say, good those first couple games. Yes. Yes, he did. Um, Amorui did look very good. And this is, I mean, I'm going to say it for a little while. This is one of the happiest times I've been a Rutgers athletics fan. Um, I mean, basketball's season has started we're 3-0 we haven't had a blemish on our resume yet Rutgers football has a legitimate chance to beat Penn State this week <laughs> like this is uh 2020 has been a weird year let's just say that right I mean this is a a very weird year yeah yeah it'll, it'll be get even better next Tuesday when we abuse the cues yeah I mean any word on if we're playing anyone later this week any word I don't think we are I I Ugh. Because think about it, Troy. It was supposed to be either Friday or Saturday. Um, 
and you know they need time to prepare so unless like a deal was just made and they're going to announce it like tonight like i just don't see it so i think that pikel is just going to take the next couple days to readjust um and then you know just get ready for syracuse but listen i'm confident that they'll have a bit a strong showing against syracuse on tuesday night um i'll be excited to be in the building it's gonna be a late start 9 30 so we're gonna have like a midnight night line again but those are always fun so you know it's gonna be a Let fun time say i i hate seton hall i hate them <laughs> i hate them i i, I second that like, i second that oh my god i hate them so much they went to omaha I, during like, a pandemic because they didn't want to play rutgers i, I guess all I the flights to scataway were them. booked I, I don't know Oh, they are such babies. You're that afraid? Of all the years, Rutgers basketball has had to play Seton Hall. Obviously, Rutgers basketball hasn't been that bad, but it's been 30 years since Rutgers has been relevant on the national scene. And of all those years, Rutgers continuing the Hardwood Classic, you know, we've seen it come back to life, and there's real, you know, animosity and hatred between the teams. But that, that leads to a really big game. And because of that, we're expecting as Rutgers fans, this is the year we start top 25. Like, let's get, you know, let's let's get this ball rolling. Let's start steamrolling Seton Hall. Let's make this a one-sided rivalry, right? And no, Seton Hall, yeah, we don't want to play you. We're afraid. We're chickens. We lo- we lose Miles Powell, therefore we don't want to play you anymore. Sure, blame well, it. Here's the other blame thing it about it. Pandemic. I don't even. They don't, they don't well, want to lose a home game, right? Yeah, it's yeah, because this was supposed to be their year to host it at the Rock, and you know, a college basketball team playing in an empty hockey arena is absurd in its own right. But that's you know a whole nother rant. Um, that's what happens when you don't have a real basketball arena to play in on your campus. But um, I mean, the thing is, is, Kevin Willard didn't want to give up the Rutgers game in a year where every game is basically a neutral site game, um, and then so he's like, "All right, we're not going to play it at uh, the Rock at the Prudential Center." So Pykele's like, all right, fine, we'll play somewhere else. And he's like, eh, I don't know. And now Pykele's like, all right, if they don't want to play us this year, we'll see them at the rack next year. So it looks like Kevin Willard's about to play himself, but, you know. Do you, what else do you think new? that's going to lead to next year being a confusion too? Is it going to be like, we don't want to play the rack? It's our Well, the contract, but Troy, the contract's pretty clear. It says odd, odd number of years, it's at the rack. Even number of years, it's at Seton Hall. Uh, there's such... You so, know, if it was if Rutgers was hosting this year, they wouldn't make a whole big deal out of it. They'd just be like, "All right, let's play." Yeah. Well, I mean, that's because we're a classy school. They're, uh, they're just they're just afraid. I guess it, they're just they're just afraid. I guess it yeah. was safer for them for coronavirus reasons to fly to Nebraska instead of driving forty five <laughs> minutes down eighteen, taking exit nine and playing Rutgers at the rack. I I don't understand what the big deal is like. Okay, you don't have Miles Powell. Like, you just lost to Louisville. I don't understand why, like, scheduling Rutgers wouldn't be in your interest, too. Well, I understand why. It's because you'd probably lose because you're a mid-major. But... I mean, yeah, it's, yes. And it's bad enough for, for us. If you're looking at it from Seton Hall's perspective, think about how the recruiting trail has gone for you since Steve Peichel arrived on the banks. You lost a recruiting battle for Paul Mulcahy. You lost a recruiting battle for Cliff Amori and, you know, another embarrassing loss to Rutgers in your own building. Like, and they already got clowned last year. And you would think that if you're losing the upper hand in the recruiting battle with Rutgers, you would want to get it back by, you know, beating them. Um, And and then the fact that Seton Hall this year is not the same team they were last year. Like, 
if you look at their advanced analytics ratings, they're like between 40 and 50. Like they're decent. They'll probably make the tournament, but they're not, they're not a top 25 team. They're not a big East uh, title contender. Like they're not the same team here without miles Powell. So. But I mean, listen, do you want me just to go on? That, that's like my take on it. Do, do you want me just to, do you want me just to shut Seton Hall down? Do you want, do you want me just to go do and it. tear them apart? Go ahead. All right. This is this has nothing even to do really with the, with the basketball program. But I'll tie it all together. I mean, first all of right. all, when you look at national rankings, not even for basketball, just for just for a university. Not only is Rutgers better. Not only is only Rutgers New Brunswick ranked higher nationally. Rutgers Newark is ranked higher nationally than Seton Hall University. So one. I understand. You guys are sad. You're not going to beat us academically. You're not going to beat us in the classroom. And now you start to get sad because you're not going to beat us on the basketball court as well. Well, get over it. It's time to get beaten up. It's time for you to take your take your L's. Like this is this is our time to shine. All right. You know we're usually we're the smart school. We have the better academics. But guess what? Now the players all want to come to Rutgers. They all want to play for the Scarlet Knights. And because of that, we're going to beat you on the court too. So get over it. You know what? If they say let's play next year, well, you know what we'll do? We'll give them Rutgers and Newark's number. We'll be like call them. They're more your speed. I I'm just so done. With Seton Hall, they are. Uh, it, it's just the it's the Big East. It's ugh. going to Omaha. I just I'm done with them. They really are awful. They're so and, they're, and their dining halls stink too. I'll say that they have some of the worst <laughs> food you ever eat in your entire life. Awful, awful. Bad bookstore, bad dining hall. Academics not that great. Lower graduation rate than Rutgers. Just bad in general. And then bad on the basketball court. Miles Powell was your one redeeming quality, and now he's now he plays for the Knicks. So like, good for you. Jeez. The second best team in New Jersey, and then the second best team in New York. It's a good fit for Miles Powell. I feel bad for him. I do. Yeah, I, I mean, sorry, I just Knicks. had to get that out. <laughs> I mean, you should just drop the mic after that one, Troy. Like, oh, that's going up on the Twitter. York. We're gonna rile up Seton Hall Twitter with that. You know, I mean, oh, it's not like Troy doesn't know he went there followers. for a year. Oh, I went. They. they they fooled me for a year. They they said come come here instead of Rutgers, and I was like, all right, fine, I'll go there. And I thought I was gonna like it. Guess you what? Converted. The place stinks. You converted. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm also a transfer mentor for Rutgers. I see a lot more people coming in from Seton Hall to Rutgers than Rutgers to Seton Hall. So what does that tell you? I mean, that just tells you Rutgers basketball is also better on that on that standard. More people like Rutgers. They get tired of Seton Hall. And you know what? We're tired of Seton Hall backing out in basketball games against us because we just want to beat up on you. It's our turn. And, and and Troy, like, people actually want to live on Rutgers campus. Everyone on Seton Hall goes home for the weekend, right? There's nowhere to live on Seton Hall. They only have enough dorms for, like, f- freshmen and, like, two seniors. That's it. And then you just have to live in cruddy South Orange sometimes. And not not that South Orange is bad, but, like, I'm paying how much to go to college and I can't even live on campus anywhere? Ugh, it's awful. It's It takes, listen, it takes 30 listen, minutes Troy. to go a half a mile in South Orange. Uh, listen, Troy, as someone who lives in Essex County and has driven through South Orange, like it's fine, but it's it's not doesn't hold a candle to New Brunswick. It doesn't hold a candle to College Avenue like I, or Livy well, I or really we, anywhere. We keep saying it's like a 30 minute ride to get to Rutgers. You can play us. It's really like six hours because it takes so long to get out of that area that they live in. So I, I guess I can take that back. But, you know, make yourself better. You play you, you play at the Rock. You don't even play on campus like. It's just it's just pitiful. And they should be playing Rutgers Newark at this point because they play at the Rock. They play in Newark. They don't even play in the right town. 
It's disgraceful. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, like... Arena. Well, Troy, they play at a hockey arena because if you look at their actual arena, it would expose them as the mid-major that they are. So, you know. Also... It's like, actually, that's the reason why they're playing there this year because they thought that if they played all their games at Walsh, which is their actual arena... Yes. Um, that they it wouldn't look good for recruiting on TV, which I think tells you all you need to know about what going to Seton Hall is like. Well, the Walsh gym is so small. So you go in, I can give you some insight into what it's like. You go into the rec center, like the gym, like think of like I'm going to, uh, you know, uh, Werblin gym, right? It's like that. You go in and they have a couple, they have like three, four full-size basketball courts, great to play basketball and for pickup. Um, and then like over in the corner, there's Walsh gym, like in the same building as like the rec center. So obviously they don't want to play their televised games there because the gym fits like six people. They don't want to have that as like a display to what they're recruiting players to. So it makes sense that they don't want to play there, but that's not a really good excuse because I'll tell you the Prudential center is a really bad atmosphere for college basketball there. I said it. It's really bad. You know, it was amazing coming to Rutgers and seeing what a real college basketball-like atmosphere is where you can't hear yourself think. Meanwhile, a sold-out game for Seton Hall is actually like 50% capacity because they don't even open up the upper deck. All right, I can't resist, guys. (laughs) It's a nice little gym, but it's a gym. The Rack's an arena. Yes. Yes. But they're all the same. Uh, Karnaseka Arena... Seton Hall, Providence, those are uh, McDonough at Georgetown. Those are all the same. Georgetown's got a small gym. St. John's is a small gym. They all play at pro arenas. Georgetown plays the big NBA arena. St. John's plays the Garden. They play a few games at home. That's about it. Villanova, too, at the uh, Wells Fargo Center. Yeah, but they've got a decent decent on-campus building. It's, it's a little beautiful. more like yeah, the rack. Do. It's a little they more do. like it the is, rack. It is nicer than Carnesecca or Walsh. Whoa, whoa. Let's let's clarify this. That that gymnasium, if you want to even call that, at Villanova, they just redid like two years ago. This thing yeah. is magnificent. It, the fin is a beautiful. Yeah, I have not seen it new. I, the last time I, I was there, there, I was calling a Rutgers women's basketball game, and they won the Big East regular season title. So, yeah, no, like I, I was there last year. I saw it. It's it is gorgeous and it's better than most college basketball teams normal stadium and now Villanova splits their games they play a lot there and they play a lot at Wells Fargo and I was at a Wells Fargo game last year when Villanova played I think it was who were they playing was it Providence doesn't matter but you're right Troy the atmosphere atmosphere for a college team at a pro arena is awful awful is awful and that's and and not to mention if you look, teams, those teams generally, and like Villanova loses more games to the Wells Fargo Center than they do at home because they're they're making more money because they can sell more tickets. But the atmosphere is awful in comparison to when they play in their small gym. And that's why the rack is so good. It's a small gym that's a little, you know, bit bigger. They can fit some more people. And it's just crazy loud. But Seton Hall plays all their games at the Prudential Center except for like one game a year where they play at Walsh Gym. It's it's strange. It's really strange. I mean, if you go back to the Big East the days, though, I mean, opposing coaches hated playing there. Calhoun notoriously yeah. hated playing at the rack. Hated yeah. it. Because the fans were right on top of you, even more than they are now. I mean, you look at it now, that, that tiny section underneath the basket when you first walk in, you know, that now that's the high rollers. 
But that was where my father sat. That was where I sat growing up. They were loud, you know, bleacher creatures. And yep. and it, where the band is, they were closer to you. And behind the bench, they were closer to you. On the other side, they were closer to you. The fans used to be even closer. But it, it was awful for a road team to come in. Nobody wanted to play there. It's, it is so much more difficult to play in that type of environment. And that's why I'm having a hard time with this. Because, yeah, you know, you have the home court advantage at the Prudential Center, sure. It's really nothing compared to the home court advantage at the Rack. So I understand you're upset. You want to have that home court advantage. This year, you know, the pandemic's going on. You can't have fans there. But let's be honest. All right, let's be honest. The Prudential Center not doing much for you. You know, it, it wasn't going to save you this year against the Scarlet Knights. It wasn't. And so, also, you know, Troy. Take the game. Take the game. Having having been to a Rutgers Seen Hall game at the Prudential Center, like if I'm if I'm a recruit and I'm going to like taking an official visit, taking in a Seen Hall game in person, like um, if all I see in in my uh, prospective school's home gym is Danico, Eliage, Brodeur, all that stuff, like you know, it's not it doesn't really <laughs> feel don't... like it's their home. It looks like they're renting the place out for a weekend, and they like don't you know, even, I love they don't Ken... hang Seen Hall stuff that, at all. I love I love Ken Danico. Well, yeah, like, it's a beautiful arena for hockey, but for basketball, it's like there's a reason why the Nets like noped out of there after two years. I, you know, I don't understand why schools like, like that don't get that. Like Duke plays in a small arena, North Carolina plays in a small arena, like Kentucky plays in a like like it's classic the, the college basketball. Of, yeah, that's the atmosphere. That, that's part of college basketball. It's a big part of college basketball. But that's kind of what Pab was saying. Like that's like. That's like a Big East kind of thing. They they do that, and it's because they're they're little gyms, and a lot of these Big East schools are really really small, so they have to. But then you see some of the schools, like we said, Villanova has a, a nicer gym that they can play a larger portion of there. Duke but is not like, a big gym. No, but it's it's no, a, it gets it's loud. It's tiny. Though. It gets loud. But they cram a lot of people in there, though. Yeah. Like, they do. It's lot. tiny and it gets loud. And That's college yeah, the, basketball. The like but here's the other thing, though. On top of you. Yeah, the Walsh, but here's the, the other the thing. The Walsh gym is not that, though. The Walsh gym is like a high school gym. It's not – you can't fit that many people. It's, it's smaller than Cameron, it's, sure. It's, it's, it yeah. is a high school-type gym. If I can get in here for a second, you know, um, like it's not even just like the capacity. It's like the feel of it, too. Like say – all right, let's say it's like 2030 and, you know, Rutgers has won 10 straight national championships, just hypothetically speaking. And they decide that an 8,000-seat arena isn't enough. Guess what? You can still keep that college basketball feel. You can build a mega trapezoid right next to the original one where you have, like, twice the capacity. It'll be a bigger arena, but you still have that same, like, college basketball intimate feel. Um, you know, there are some gym. Big Ten schools like, um, you know, Ohio State, Nebraska, Wisconsin, where they have these, like, NBA, NHL-style arenas, and the atmosphere just isn't the same. Yep. You know, so, like, I think that – it's more of like the the feel of the gym more than the actual size because you can have a four thousand seat gym that like you know um, could be a really intimidating to play in like when Rutgers played at the College Ave gym it only sat three thousand people but it was still an intimidating place to play. You know Cameron fits more than the rack. Doesn't what? Cameron fit like twelve ninety ninety three fourteen? The rack is eight thousand. Oh wow! Walsh. Anybody want to okay. take a guess at Walsh? I didn't realize uh, it was like, that small, but like, I haven't been there in a long oh, time. Like, like 300 people max? 1665. It's so small. <laughs> it's so, and I'm that's, telling you, that's, that's like, like Ryder University. Standing, that's shoulder to shoulder <laughs> along the baseline, like eight rows back. That is, Georgetown not is that many people. Georgetown is 2,500. 
Wow. That's a school with a lot of history and a very, very small. I, I'll give you. Uh, but they also never Troy, play there, Dylan. Troy, how about this? Yeah. You, have you been to the new place at Monmouth? It's beautiful, no. by the way. Have you been to their new arena? It's beautiful. No. It, it really beautiful. is beautiful. 4,100. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, Seton, small, Seton Hall, less than half a Monmouth. No, no it is. T- like, I'm it is, telling it is you, small. There are high school I did a game, I almost hit my head on the people. rafters. It's so small. It is. And when, when you go in there, the, the doors are on the baseline. Like, there's like three doors to get in. It's on the baseline. You take five steps in the door, you're standing on the court. Like, it's not made for 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 big ticket basketball games. It's not a, it's not an arena. It's literally just a gym. Yeah, but I'll give you That's the best. It. I'll give you the best press box ever at Georgetown because we weren't on the court. We had to go through the weight room and into what looked like a closet <laughs> and climb a ladder <laughs> and climb a ladder and go up into like this crow's nest press box. That's great. Yeah. That was fun. I'll never complain about South Alabama ever again after hearing that. <laughs> yeah, I just had my first press box experience, and it was outside, and, like, I thought I had it bad, but I, I'll just – Yeah, I'll but, just quiet, Dylan, like... you also haven't you also haven't had a real press box experience because of corona. Like, when oh, you have, like, true. the that's spread true. at, like, a football game next year when, you know, this is in our rearview mirror, um, like, that's a different experience. But Guys, I, I, I will say this year with everything going on, the press box experience of of what they're serving at the football games being Jersey Mike's, that's that's a that's a big win for this year. Seriously, big, big win. win. Big I'm, win. I'm okay with yes. That. I'm okay with the Jersey Mike's taking over. You're not a halftime hot dog kind of guy, Troy. No, I hate hot dogs. <laughs> uh, uh, give me Jersey yeah. Mike's. Also, that you know, usually it's pasta or something. I'm good with Jersey Mike's. We can keep that rolling past 2020 if they want to keep doing that, but. I, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of – I'm just venting a little bit about Seton Hall. It's, they're being such babies right now. Just grow up and play us and take the loss well, someone, seriously. Troy, someone actually bought a cardboard cutout in the student section at the rack with, like, the uh, a mini version of the Seton Hall pirate mascot in a baby uh, carrier, which I thought was yeah. hilarious. That's amazing. That's a, you didn't that's see that? $30 yeah. well spent if you're I didn't see it. Send it to me. Please. 50 if you're not. I, if I can dig it up on my phone. I, thought, I saw it on Twitter. I think it might have been Kevin Lorenz who posted it. I don't know. I'll have to look into it. Uh, but it's in there somewhere. Um, it's one of my more favorite uh, cutouts out there. Um, you know, Seton Hall is just going to try to pretend like this season doesn't exist. They're already one and one. They just want this year to be over. They really do. Like, they imagine losing they... to Louisville because you can't make free throws. Like, what a Seriously. joke. Seriously. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. Right. Ugh. And the one transfer they got got injured. Bryce Aiken. They're, they're big. Right yeah. there, who they were expecting to be a big part of their team, he got injured. Yep, I, it's yeah. the team. I, you know, the, I, I did like Miles Powell. I'm not gonna like he's the one guy who carried over from my freshman year when I was there. I, was, I, I liked him as a freshman. You know, I think he was really good. I was shocked. Not that I, he didn't go in the draft, I guess, but I, you know, happy to see he got picked up. Um, and I really did like him a lot. Uh, so now that he's gone, this team. This team's gonna hurt. It's it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be hurting a little bit. Seriously, like this. I think I, they're like a middle of the pack Big East team. Like they might get in the tournament as good. like an eight or a nine seed, but they're not, not like good. they're not the they're not the team they were last year where people were talking about them potentially competing for a national title. Like they're not on that level no. anymore. 
No, no. Um, well, mid- but, it's weird you know, we say middle. We're, we're a national program now. We don't have to worry about them too much. So, well, um, you say middle of the pack, and for middle of the pack of Big Ten, that's a lot better than middle of the pack for the Big East. True. Um, like middle maybe all right, maybe it'll be like fourth Big or fifth. Ten, yeah, I, middle of the pack. The Big, Big Ten, ten they'd be like eight. Chance, yes, and eight. You still have a chance to get votes for the top twenty-five last year. Like that's a yeah much different story than being middle of the pack for the Big East. Um, so yeah. I'm, ex- crazy, I'm interested to see. Go ahead. A crazy fact about the Big Ten: like last year, if there was like a postseason, you could make the case that every team other than Nebraska and Northwestern would have been in either the NCAA tournament or the NIT. Like those oh, were crazy. the only two teams in the league that weren't like postseason caliber. And what a crazy, what you know, a crazy now, now Rutgers basketball added Noah Vedral too, so everyone's got to look out. So you know. Do you want to do you want a crazier fact about the Big Ten? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Get ready. Ready? Mind blown. There's more than ten okay. teams. More than ten teams. Fourteen. Wow. Actually. Yes. Next thing you're gonna tell that's big if it's true. There's not twelve teams in the Big Twelve. Like, come on. It's, isn't that crazy? How also, what about Dylan, how about this? The there are ten teams in the Big Twelve. <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's also there some teams in the Big East that don't in the Big Twelve. There, there's some teams in the Big East that don't play in the East. Really, they play more Central. So, I mean, these they have, names they have a team in. Uh, they have Creighton in Nebraska as part of the Big yeah. East. I mean, in, in lacrosse, they have a Indiana, team in Denver, Ohio. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. Don't they have? Yeah. It's a weird conference. Cincinnati too. Uh, no. I don't, uh, Did Cincinnati no. go to the AAC? Maybe. It, yeah, Cincinnati's not. In, yeah, Cincinnati's not. The Cincinnati's AAC. They do oh, have. Okay, uh, okay. Isn't Xavier yeah. in Ohio? Where is Xavier? Does anyone know? Xavier, I think, I think is in Indiana. Sure. Indiana. Okay. I, th- I thought no, it was in Indiana. Indiana. It is in Indiana. Indiana. So they got some teams. I mean, Marquette. That's Wisconsin. Oh, I was right. Yeah, they. And Marquette is, is what? Wisconsin. All the way out in Wisconsin. Yeah, Marquette's Marquette plays in the Bucks arena. They're like another team in the Big East that plays in an NBA arena. So it's a trend. The Big East. I feel bad. But I don't know. You you started by vending about Seton Hall and then we got into a nuanced discussion about college basketball architecture. Then I worked in a bad joke about Noah Vedral playing basketball. So here we are. <laughs> I just kind of skated right over that. I just left it out. If we had if we had a sound effect on the board for a bad joke, we would have played it, but we don't have that. So. I mean, he 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 played in the Big Ten tournament for Nebraska last year, so I, I thought it was fitting. True. True. Cool. That um, was like the real yeah, Final so, Four: Nebraska, Northwestern. I mean, I mean, I remember watching that game. That was uh, there was a lot of but, stuff. Yeah, going that was weird. In that game. But yeah, big you know takeaway from the story. Rutgers would beat Seton Hall. Like, can we just can we just play this game? It's not going to happen now. Um, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen now. So, just Seton Hall really messing up 2020 more than it needs to be messed up. And you know, next year and, better. Yeah, not for what it's worth, Troy. This. I'll say this because um, I was talking with uh, the sports director over at the uh, Seton Hall student radio station. They feel exactly the same way. Like they were, they were saying like on the air, uh, like you know, we want Seton Hall to play this game. We don't know what Willard's doing scheduling a game in Nebraska. So like for, you know, for the non-fanatic part of the Seton Hall fan base, the feeling is mutual. Like it's better for New Jersey basketball if this game gets played. I I don't think the student 
body really likes <laughs> Coach Willard. Um, you know, I remember a lot leaving a lot of yeah. games um, as a, from the student section, hearing about when we would lose to Xavier and, and Nova at home, and it would be like, <laughs> why, why is he still the coach? Like, he's just not that good. I mean, he won the Big East tournament back in well, they won it what last year or was it? Yeah, it was last year, correct? Or no, they lost uh, yes. to Villanova. What am I saying? Or did they beat Villanova? I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. Takeaway from the story is not the student section or the student body doesn't really like Kevin Willard that much. Um, it's not. Oh, really? Remotely close. That's kind to of surprising, honestly. Oh no, they don't like him. It's not even it, you because think about how we love Coach Peichel. It's the polar opposite. Well, I mean, they did lose to Wofford the last time they were in the NCAA tournament, so I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't like my coach either if he did that. Yeah, Seton Hall loves getting the one. One and Duns, one and Duns, they love it. Um, it's nah, they don't really like him that much, and I'm I'm happy to hear that, you know, Seton Hall Student Radio, they're having the same, uh, you know, same type of discussion. Probably not so harsh um, <laughs> as as what you're hearing here tonight, um, even remotely. As I, you know, said they're not, you know, smart pretty much, but uh, you know, it's it's an issue, and I think we all really that's kind of the game that we mark on our calendars. If you're a Rutgers basketball fan, that you just can't wait for before we get into big 10 play um and last year it was really fun to watch and be a part of and i was looking forward to seeing it this year um obviously from a different situation not being at the rack not being at the prudential center doesn't matter still exciting to watch and now we're being that's being taken away from us because one of the coaches doesn't want to play it so it's it's really uh you know kevin willard's making a bad name for himself in the new jersey basketball community because of this decision yeah and, and like it, sh- it would have been. This could shape up to be one of the better rivalries in all of college basketball if both teams stay like relevant. But you know, you know, Kevin doesn't want to doesn't want to face the smoke. So, you know, it is what it is. He doesn't want to start the season one and two. I don't blame him. Get better at basketball, yeah. maybe that would solve the issue too. <laughs> hey, you got to go to Nebraska to play Rhode Island. So, well, you know. now they got to play Oregon coming up, and Eugene Amarui is going to. Oh yeah, they got Oregon too. Him. Yeah, so they get to play a Scarlet Knight there, I guess, right? Is he even playing for them? Do you know? Yeah, he's playing now because he sat out last year. Yeah. So yeah, so he's, he's yeah he's Oregon yeah Scarlet Oregon Knight. yeah I, I mean he, he's afraid of playing against the better Omarui so or that's it Amori but you know the spelling the same that's that's the yes. point I was trying to make. Were we saying Eugene's last name wrong this entire time? No, no, no. Eugene's we've been saying right. It's Cliff's name that we've been saying wrong this whole time. Because the okay. pronunciation got corrected before the second game. Gotcha. Gotcha. I just want to make sure we didn't maybe diss Eugene so many times that he wanted to leave. As long as that's not the I mean, We didn't diss him when he was here. We started dissing him after he left. No, I'm I'm saying like maybe we were mispronouncing his name the entire time. And oh, that's why he wanted oh, to leave. Maybe. He's I don't tired know. Of it. But I, I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> we hope should start mispronouncing Eugene's last name and get Cliff's last name right every time. That's well, true. I mean, I don't think Eugene would be in a position to complain about last names because he misspelled Peichel's last name when he uh, announced he was entering the portal. So, you know. That is so you guys remember that? Right about that? Say it again, Chris. Sorry. When Eugene entered the portal, he misspelled Peichel's last name. So if oh, that was yes. it, I don't think he's in a position to complain about last names. <laughs> well, maybe that was like a shot back. Maybe that was like him getting a little redemption. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm now I'm starting to question this. Oh, that'd be really, of, I, that's definitely not it, but it'd be really funny if it was. There's a lot of pieces of evidence coming up now. We didn't think about this, did we? 
It's, it's spelled the same. You got to dig a little deeper. Right. And, and oh, it's man, it's going to send me down a Pepe Sylvia rabbit hole. <laughs> it's pretty hard to misspell uh, Coach Pico's last name. It's true. It's, it's true. You know, I, I, I have a hard I time doing that. it. What's the, uh, Chris, what's the soccer's name, soccer player's name, James? Do you know who I'm talking about? James Rodriguez? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it's James. It looks like it's James, right? I mean, maybe this is, uh, you know, it's not LeBron James. Maybe this is one of those situations, and that's why uh, Eugene left. He was just tired of it. He was waiting for someone to find the correction, and we never did. Is it our fault that he's gone? Maybe it is. I don't not know. Mine. Maybe maybe he listened not to a mine. WRCU broadcast, and that pushed him over the edge. You know what? I, I think it might be, Troy. I, I think I, so, too. I think we may, we may be, you know, the guilty party here. Uh, it's really it's, I mean, this is coming to light. This is really coming to light. It'll, I think a little too late. You know, we've we've been missing him for like two years now. Um, but I think we're I think we've recovered okay. You know, we've we've built a good team. We're sad we were sad to see him go. Um, but let's just say I don't think uh, Oregon wants to play Rutgers in the NCAA tournament this year because uh, I think we've got the uh, we've got Cliff. They've got Eugene. I think we all know how that one would end. But. I'll just right, leave that you, there. you can you can speak for yourself saying that uh, you know we've been missing him. We we don't miss him at all. Uh, I was sad to see him go, but you know it was more anger, I guess, because never want to see a guy leaving the transfer portal. But whatever, we're definitely not missing him. We're definitely better uh, without him than we were with him. Well, Mike, I'm just playing it safe because I'm afraid I've been mispronouncing his name for three years, so I don't want to seem like such a jerk, you know. Listen, Troy, if I've been mispronouncing his <laughs> last name for three years and I'm this deep in the hole, you know, I might as well start digging the grave at this point. That's true. That's true. You can't back out now. Exactly. Uh, Chris, Mike, uh, I mean, Dylan, any final thoughts on the uh, the Seton Hall-Ruckers rivalry? Any you want Anyone want to make any jabs about Seton Hall being a bad school? Any, anything like that? Mid-major. Mid major, <laughs> Chris. I mean, the Big East is just a poor man's Big Ten, so it doesn't make any sense that they're a little brother now. They don't even have football. Like they don't even have football. And you could be like, "Oh, the big—it's the—they're part of the Big East." So is Villanova. They have football. I'll be honest. Villanova has FCS State. football. Yeah, but at least they have football. That's true. Like, Seton Hall's campus might not be big enough for a football field. I'm gonna be honest; like it's that small, so maybe it couldn't fit it. Rutgers could go 0 and 12 every year, and they'd still be better than Seton Hall at football. So it's true. It's true. Well, I mean, we if they but no Troy, they play football on. Yeah, yeah, Troy. Well, keep in mind they play. If they had a football team, they'd have to play their home games all on Saturdays, and the whole student body goes home on Saturdays, so they would have no fans. That's true. So, Everyone leaves. Everyone that's probably leaves. why. It's a ghost town. Yeah. Suitcase. Schools, I mean, if I went to Seen Hall, I'd probably leave too. Yeah. I mean, there's not really anything to do on the weekend. You're, they have a fence around the campus, so it's kind of like a cage. So, like, I don't, I don't know why you'd want to really stay there on the weekend, but that's that's a whole other lesson. Maybe that's why everyone lives off campus. Not because that you don't have the option to live on campus, but there's no reason to want to live there. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, we're, we're going off on another tangent of just – being brutally mean towards Seton Hall. I'm sure there's great people that go there. But, you know, one of them is not Kevin Willett at this point because he's dodging our calls to set up a game between Rutgers and Seton Hall that every fan wants to see happen. 
And because of some, you know, expectations of not having fans at the Prudential Center and you don't want to have to play without the home court advantage, it's just it's just brutal and get over yourself and you, you know what, just take the loss. Like I said, I think we have to kind of put this conversation to an end because I can't keep saying the same thing about Seton Hall needing to grow up and play us. Any final thoughts, guys, before we move on? I'm done talking about Rutgers them. Rutgers has irrelevant. a football team. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They're the real losers at the end of the day. So I think on that note of Seton Hall being the losers, we'll just kind of we'll, – we'll take a break. We'll step aside. We'll come back. We'll talk about something happy that doesn't drag us out into the mud that Seton Hall basketball does. So – We'll step aside. Again, you're listening to the WRSU crew, the Wednesday edition of the crew. Make sure to keep it locked here to WRSU FM New Brunswick and online at WRSU.org.